Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy. I am the founder and the chief love officer at LastFirstDate.com, and I want to thank you for joining us here today. Last First Date Radio is a show about achieving healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life, and I'm really excited about our guest today. I'm going to be speaking with Kira Sabin. She is a life coach. She is a lot of other things, too, like a really cool person, and she's going to talk talk about getting out of your comfort zone and getting offline to find love. I mean, a lot of people can't stand online dating. They can't they feel like it's failing all the time that they just really just don't understand why there's so many creeps online. And uh so this topic was really appealing to me because I think people need to really have a strategy for meeting people in all kinds of places. As a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high-value women that they are in every other part of their lives. And I, I often find that in terms of relationships, we just lose our value. And and, that, and this doesn't just go for women. It also goes for men. So if you're a man and you're listening, these are tips that will help you too. And I have plenty of listeners who are not single, who are married or in in long-term relationships who also get a lot out of Last First Date Radio. So thank you for tuning in. I want you to know that um, I have a free guide for anybody who has not yet uh, received a copy of my free guide. It's, It's the top mistakes that can sabotage your dating success because it's hard to see your dating behavior when you're so close to the situation. And I want you to have a healthy, loving relationship. So I created this free guide where I explain the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around and find lasting love. There are actionable steps, and actually the the mistakes are divided up over a few days, just so you know. I didn't want to overwhelm people. So you'll get the first mistake the first day, you'll get the second mistake the second day, and then you'll actually keep getting tips for about 11 days. You're going to get a tip a day to help you find love. So it's it's a really great uh, gift that I would love you to have. So go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage. Also, if you are a woman over 40, and this is just for women, and you are not yet a member of Your Last First Date on Facebook. That's Your Last First Date. It is a private group, and you have to be approved to get in. It is an amazing, supportive group who have helped people get through breakups, um, learn to value themselves more. People celebrate wonderful relationships, and they come there to get support. So. I started this group because there are so many places where people go where they get unhelpful support, um, and it's it's just so important to get the right kind of support that will keep you on a positive journey towards love. So that is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash your last first date. I also want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Audible, if you love to read as much as I do, go to Audible 
trial.com forward slash last first date and you can grab a copy of a free audio book audio book yes um they have over 200,000 titles to choose from and you'll get a free month of the service and a free book on tape that you can listen to while you're working out while you're out walking in the car read on the go because we are really busy people so go to audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. And now for our special guest today, Kira Sabin. She is a certified life coach. She calls herself Troop Leader of Love for the League of Adventurous Singles. I love that. She's a speaker. She's a travel junkie. She's a coffee aficionado. We have a few things to talk about there. She loves champagne. She's a story collector. She's a life explorer. And seven layers of ridiculous. I love her already. She's from America's Dairyland, Madison, Wisconsin. And she says, yes, she loves cheese. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Kira. Thanks, Sandy. I'm so happy to be here. And yes, I do love cheese. It's true. <laughs> I love cheese too, and chocolate, and coffee. And so, what kind of coffee? Before we get started, what's your favorite coffee? Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to get started on this topic. Uh, first of all, I have five <laughs> for coffee makers, so it really is just kind of like what I want to have for coffee of the day. I have. Um, you know, a toddy for iced coffee some days, but I, there's a local brand here called Kickapoo Coffee, who's won Roaster of the Year a couple of times, and they're incredible. It's all local, um, locally roasted, and uh, it's about 30 minutes from Madison. So that's my favorite coffee that I love to buy, but um, yeah, I love, 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 love good coffee. I just got back from Costa Rica a couple of days ago, and I was trying coffee mm. there, of course. Oh, wow. That's, that's, on, my, that's on my bucket list. Uh, my brother is such a coffee freak. He probably beat you in the coffee machine department. I think he has like six espresso machines and uh, all the coffee, the milk, the frothers, and the just right. everything. Um, it's yeah. I, I'm I have one that I use pretty much every day. I'm sort of a um, an espresso lover, and I have a mini espresso maker that I got by sending in box tops from like Medaglia Doro coffee one year and it was like 30 <laughs> bucks amazing. and it is so fantastic it's like you know just anyway we could talk about coffee for a half hour or we could talk about dating so let's get to dating offline so um, you say that we need to stop looking for love can you just say a little bit more about what you mean by that Absolutely. Um, You know, it's so amazing to me, Sandy, and I'm sure this is something you deal with on a daily basis, how much when we're single we talk about love. Everybody's looking for love. Everybody's trying to find love. Like, it's hidden. It's not hidden, it turns out. You know, um, and what we aren't talking about that I think is a much better conversation is how do we create a relationship with someone? Love is a single emotion that's actually very easy to find, it's the relationship stuff that gets in the way. It's the relationship stuff of why we break up. It's why we divorce. And that, to me, is the better conversation to have. What skill set or what are you doing when you meet people to create a relationship? So I want us to stop talking about finding love like, you know, it's in another country or it's hidden under a bushel and start talking about, as you're meeting people, what are you doing to communicate what you need? 
You know, how are you Mm. setting up healthy boundaries? Like these are the things that actually make or break relationships. And honestly, I just, I think we need to start having bigger conversations. I so agree with you. (laughs) I I knew you would. Yeah. Well, you know, we, I was having this conversation with my son-in-law and my daughter's been married about six years and we were talking about how many failed relationships there are at their age and they're in their twenties. And we were talking about how we need to get education out there early, like in high school. We talk about so many other things, and we don't teach people these critical skills. And setting healthy boundaries, I mean, when you talk about relationships, we're not just talking about romantic. I mean, all of these skills will serve people in every relationship of their lives, right? Absolutely. I mean, once you're great at communicating, at listening, at, you know, setting the boundaries, at just really being able to build on top of relationships, that helps every relationship you have, whether it be with your family, your coworkers, your friends, or your partner. Correct. Right. So, yeah, we actually had a very deep discussion about setting healthy boundaries in my Facebook group yesterday because somebody was really upset that a guy that she had been seeing for a while um, kind of disappeared. And then when she pushed a little further to find out what was going on, he said he had met somebody else. So she was heartbroken. But when I when I dug a little deeper, and I don't know her personally, she's just part of my group, um, she right. said that he had said right away, as soon as she met him, that he was newly divorced and was not ready for a relationship. She did not pay attention to that huge red flag. And right, so you're laughing, but it's 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 unfortunate that and I, I've done the same thing where you wanna believe so badly that it's gonna be different with you and that you have an incredible connection and he says lovely things. He says so many nice things to you and he says you're amazing. I mean, somebody else was writing that she met a guy who who told her she was so entertaining, like she was the most entertaining woman he had ever met, and he loved to hear her stories. And she took that as a really positive thing, that he must be really into her. And I said, well, there's a big difference between entertaining and cherishing you. Like, do you want to be an entertainer? Or do you want to be, or do you want to be cherished by a man? Like, really know your standards. Know them, keep them, be that woman of value. And communicate them, right? Like, yes. this is what I'm looking for, or this is what I need. Because even yeah. if she ignored that, my guess is if she would have had a conversation a couple days in of, hey, I'm just clarifying, this is what I'm looking for. Let me know. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, he probably would have reiterated, oh, by the way, <laughs> you know, I'm newly divorced. I'm not looking for anything serious, you know, and, and, and right. maybe she could have heard it a little bit better. Like that is a boundary. I, I hear it all the time. And we mm-hmm. as women allow so many things. Yes. We you know? tolerate uh, bad behavior. We tolerate. <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, and I love working with women and I love challenging women. And I love that you work with a group also. Um, and, you know, and saying, we can change this. Like, if we band together and say, this is not okay with us anymore, we can actually mm-hmm. change the culture. Um, but, you know, we, when yes. we keep our silence, when we, don't, when we don't ask for what we need, when we don't say, hey, this is okay with me and this isn't, what it, this isn't okay with me, we are allowing these behaviors to happen and continue. 
Correct. And and the right guy really, really values a woman who can speak her mind and who is clear in her communication and who sets clear boundaries because she makes him want to rise up to meet her. And I did a I did a blab yesterday with Roberta Shaler, who's a therapist, and she said in her online dating profile when she met her husband, she had a, cl- a line in there that said, I'm a world-class woman, and I'm looking for a world-class relationship. You know, and if you're not that kind of guy, that's okay. Just please don't contact me. I mean, it was right. like whatever, you know, I might have gotten the words a little bit off, but it was it was along those lines of like, I value myself, and I'm looking for a man of value too. And he loved that about her. He he rose up, you know, it makes a man puff his chest out and say, I'm going to be that guy. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so many times we don't even give guys a chance to step up. They don't know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Nobody knows what they're doing anymore. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> right. We don't have those right? skills. Like, that's, the biggest, that's the biggest myth ever is that, like, for some reason as women, we think that guys are pulled into some kind of classroom in fifth grade, shown this, like, film strip of a lifetime, with Morgan Freeman's voice, you know, telling them how to like have relationships, have amazing sex and all of these things. That film strip, I repeat, does not exist, did not exist. And, you know, and, and we have to stop giving away our power and just go, Hey, everybody's doing the best that we can. So the best thing I can do as I get into situations is know what I want and need and communicate that. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. I so agree. I just finished teaching four weeks of a communications course to women, and I love teaching this course because I give them scripts to use. I teach them how to honor their own feelings and needs, really identify them. I mean, it's just critical, critical work. Um, So let's get to the comfort zone stuff because I'm going to get into the juicy I mean, this is all important, but I want to get into your little wheelhouse here about getting offline because that's what we're talking about today. Um, Absolutely. So you say, like, it's super important to get out of your comfort zone when dating. And I I agree with you, but I'd like to hear what you mean by that. Well, here's, here's what I mean by that. What I mean by that is if you are actually getting into a relationship, and a lot of times a healthy relationship, it doesn't necessarily feel good all the time. Right? It's not always communicating who you are and what you want and need isn't always going to feel good. You know, in fact, I have like, you know, ladies who are like, I had a tough conversation last night. I literally had a panic attack while I had it, mm-hmm. but I had it. You know, it's not yep. going to feel good to say to somebody, I like you, but when you did this, that didn't feel okay to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that is not always going to be something that's comfortable. So the more that we can practice in life, getting out, our com- out of our comfort zone in tiny ways, the more we're going to feel more comfortable in those kind of moments. It's like mm. practice for relationships because life and wonderful, amazing things are uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean we don't do them, you know? And, and I really believe in, as I'm sure you do too, Sandy, in having these kind of what I call the involved relationship where, you know, it's a partnership and two people are really, you know, bringing things to the table. And once again, when you, are, when you are being yourself and you are showing all your weird stuff, because we're all a little weird, it's going to be uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. get, practice that, you know. I, I have my people do scavenger hunts. I have them do silly things that, that push them in small ways so that 
um, it kind of, you know, wakes them up a little bit. It kind of like livens their spirit and it gets them used to being uncomfortable because they've realized, Hey, if I can do that, what else can I do? You know, it's just, it's, 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 it's kind of, um, and let alone, I've literally had more than one woman meet the guy she's dating on a scavenger hunt because it's like the perfect phrase of sort of starting any conversation. <laughs> hey, I'm on a scavenger I love it. hunt. Do you have this? Or <laughs> can you do this? Or can we have an arm wrestling contest right now? I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like the golden phrase for any for any starting conversation. <laughs> you know, there was a... There was a New York Times article recently about relationships, and the guy said one. He he was interviewed on NPR, and he said, "I think that people should start out on a first date by saying, here's my crazy. What's yours?' <laughs> it's just like <laughs> lay it out there. Put it. Put the authenticity on the table because we often just bring this polished, shiny version of ourselves, and then there's a bait and switch at some point. It's like, who the hell are you? Um, <laughs> So it's I don't yeah, advocate for like, dump the whole crazy bowl of crazy out, but I do think that we we do need to bring more of our authenticity and our silliness, because I think you know what you're really talking about a lot is being able to access our inner child and the the play that we forget about as we get to be adults and we think we have to be all serious and buttoned up and trying to button people down. So um, so let's talk about the scavenger hunts and how how they work. So I have, so I lead a couple big ones every year that, you know, you, you can do kind of like online. People do them internationally. And it's just silly things that, um, that get you, my keys are always meeting new people, trying new things, and, and pushing yourself. So um, it can be anything from just trying a new food you like. You know, I do easier ones to, you know, maybe starting um, uh, a a dance-off with somebody you've just met or, um, you know, singing, uh, like leading a sing-along in a bar or restaurant. I mean, it can be anything. I have had women, and the, the best is when I'm doing them, you know, what's flooding into my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook of all these people from around the world doing silly things. And it's, and like I said, it's not only to, to push yourself. Like there's something in that moment of if I can do this, what else can I do? It really mm-hmm. just pushes us to be a better person. And I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the thought or the school of thought of the better that we are, the more confident and comfortable we are with ourselves, the better people we're going to meet and date, period, you know. That's, that's yep. you know, I, I'm always like, get back to yourself. If people are like, I'm not dating great people, get back to you. What are you putting out there? You know, what are you attracting? And, and when you were talking about these polished, you know, we want to pretend or, you know, that we're something, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like if we do that and start the relationship like that, that makes us unavailable. So if you're a woman who's consistently attracting unavailable men, you might want to look about how authentic you're being in your dating. You know, mm-hmm. and that's and that's a major problem in our world is that you know we want to we want to be Pinterest perfect, right? Or we want to look Instagram filter friendly at all times. And it's not <laughs> real, and people have to be have relationships with real people, or if it's not a real relationship. Yeah, it's so hard for people to be real. It's you know we we spend so much time, especially the people pleasers, in you know trying to look good, act the right way be accepted for fitting in instead of being quirky. That was that was a conversation on my group as well. Like 
I asked people um, one day of the week, what's your superpower? And um, I love hearing their answers. And one of them said, I'm, I really celebrate my quirkiness. So somebody else was like, me too, me too. And then somebody said, well, what is your definition of quirky? So right. I said, mine is that I do not follow the status quo anymore. I am proud to drive a stick shift, to stand on my head, to you know run my own business, to have a crazy sense of humor, and not feel like I have to fit in. And I think that's you bring that. That is your authenticity. That that not striving for perfect because perfect doesn't exist, and it stops you from achieving greatness, actually. And not only that, I love the conversation of, you know, we can't actually love perfect, right? Like, love lies in between perfection. It lies in the cracks, because that's where love and appreciation and respect and taking care of each other and support and all the things that kind of create love and relationships exist. So if you're Mm -hmm. trying to be perfect, you're actually making yourself less lovable. Yeah. And, and, and there's a great quote out there that, that I love that I did not create by any means, but I, I love to say, which is people like us for being nice. You know, people respect us for having, you know, our crap together, but we can only be loved when we are vulnerable enough to be loved. Like it, mm-hmm. love lies in the vulnerabilities because that's where somebody gets to take care of you. That's where somebody gets to support you. And that's as women, sometimes, really something we're looking for and we don't like to communicate that because it makes us feel weak but vulnerable yes. isn't weak it's just it's where relationships start i so agree this has been such a topic of conversation since Brene brown made vulnerability so right. popular and so okay to talk about and i am definitely a former un- invulnerable <laughs> impenetrable <laughs> perfectionist, a recovering perfectionist. And it's me from trying so many things like public speaking, which now is something I do on a regular basis, but to get up there and to possibly fail wasn't acceptable. And I, I remember after my divorce, my son, who was probably 13 at the time that I started dating, I think he was about 13, maybe 16. And he said to me, um, he said, I don't know why you need to date. You're like a man and a woman. You are, you know, you're you're like a rock. Like, I don't, and they never had seen me cry. And they thought that I was everything. That was the, wow. that was the message that I gave. And I went, oh, my God, I have work to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> none of that. So, yeah, I mean, I learned from hearing reflections from men, too. In the beginning of my dating process, I would talk about how crazy busy I was and, oh, my life is so full and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized they were not calling me back because they thought that I had no time for them. And that was just a big foil. It was like, let me prove to you that I'm accomplished. That They don't care about that. Right. They're not no. hiring you. Not only, not only do they not care about that, like, if guys don't know where they fit into your life, they won't stay. Like if they no. don't see places where they can be great for you, well, they're just not going to you know, stick around. No, no, they're not. So you've got to create that woman-to-man connection. And, and part of that is getting out of your comfort zone, learning these relationship skills, really accessing that, you know, the sense of play and warmth and vulnerability. Um, okay, so absolutely. Why do you, 
Yeah. So, like, why do you suggest getting offline instead of online? Well, let me preface this because people always get real grumpy with me that if <laughs> you are dating online and you think it's going great and you're meeting wonderful people and you're having fun doing it, then you don't need to listen to this next part. Or you can, you know, kind of tune out a little bit, which most people do anyway. However, for the rest of you, which I think is a lot of people who are dating online because everybody's now told them that that's what you're supposed to do, and you don't feel like it's going well, and you don't feel like you're meeting great people, you know, I want to, A, let you know that's very normal. Um, once again, only about, and these are, these are, you know, facts that I can find online, um, only about 20% of people meet online. 20%, that's it. People still mm-hmm. meet mostly through friends. So if you are not online dating and it doesn't feel good, and once again, one out of three people online is usually a scam. So what that means is one out of three people who are possibly contacting you are either not, are not fully on any level sharing like, or like saying who they are, meaning that uh, they're possibly married. Um, you know, they're giving you kind of a big – uh, lie on, on a part of their life, whether it be their age or um, their career or whatever. So I mean, that's one out of three. These are not great odds. So if you mm-hmm. are online and it actually feels more exhausting, I am telling people, hey, it's okay to do things like we did them a mere 10 years ago <laughs> and get offline. You know, and people say to me, like, well, what do I do? I said, then make a goal for the next two months to make more friends. Because once again, like, way more people meet through friends than they do online. Or if you're going to do online, make it what you do 20% of the time. But make sure that you're not putting all your eggs in that basket. Because ultimately, I, you know, I think that there's some people I've met who met online. It was a great experience. It worked and done. That's great. But you know what? A lot of times if you're like shorter than average, you know, if you, you know, if you don't fit in kind of the main perimeters that people are putting, you might just not be getting noticed. So right. it's okay for us to get out. And I just think that as society, society and culture, and as like an expert or coach, I want to say it's okay to get offline. In fact, I think it's healthy and wonderful to be able to like push ourselves um, to meet people in normal life. I think you're going to get a lot farther than the whole like, we talk a little bit on, on okay, Cupid, and then we start texting, and then maybe we call, and then you've created these stories in your head of who you think they're going to be, and then half, you know, a good portion of the time we're disappointed, right? Because they're not; they're just a human right. who has flaws, just like you. Yeah. So I agree that you shouldn't put all the eggs in one basket. I, I think that online dating is a great resource, and you do have to be careful of scammers, and some are worse than others. And people should have a multiple, multi-pronged approach to dating and shouldn't just do one thing. Um, so if people are offline, so what are, what are three things that people can do today to get out of their comfort zone and get offline? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, first thing you do is start growing your friendship circle and start talking to people that you know. I mean, one of the best things that I ever heard from like a fellow dating expert a couple years ago is if you go to a party, don't worry about meeting that one single guy. Go talk to like the most boisterous woman in the room. Cause my guess is she mm-hmm. probably knows people, you know, who, who have single guy friends. Like 
the more important, the more and more people that we connect with as a woman, especially, you know, having that seal of approval of, you know what, my brother is a great guy. You're going to automatically go in feeling safer, feeling more trusting and, and, and being able to let down your wall. And we want to be able to do that as soon as possible. Cause if we're even just worried on those first couple of days of who is this person, can I trust them? And, and, you know, and especially if you were dating in a, in a big city, uh, a lot of my clients from, like, L.A. and New York, like, those first couple of dates are just letting down your wall because you're, you're not trusting anybody. And especially if you've mm-hmm. had a couple questionable experiences, which can really happen. So the more and more that we can get people to, you know, introduce us, the better because it just it allows us to be ourselves more quickly. And, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's where vulnerability lies and creating a relationship. You know, right. and then, I mean, and I can tell you, like, I, and I can tell people, like, all the things, like, you know, there's meetup.com and there's, you know, but I just, I, I mean, but to, just the focus to me is look at your friendships and expand. Like, don't mm-hmm. put so much focus on how do I get in a room with other singles, but get in the focus of how do I surround myself with really great people and who do they know? Great. Okay. So I, hunt. okay, that's number two. <laughs> number two absolutely i offer scavenger hunts but i mean there are other ways i used to so i mean i won't go into a major story but i used to work on cruise ships so i think that's probably where a little bit of my fun comes from and one night i was doing an overnight in acapulco with a guy friend of mine and what we ended up doing was creating a checklist and we said we're going to do all of these things before sunrise you know and it was everything from making three people laugh to over tipping someone to doing some tequila shooters because i was in my 20s and mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the best nights ever. So as I, like, got older, whatever, I was feeling, like, too much in my comfort zone, I'd grab a friend, and we'd create a checklist for the night. And the goal was to, cre- to do as many things on that checklist as possible to meet new people, try new things, and just get out of our comfort zone. And I've done them all over the world. And, I mean, it's probably some of the best times I've ever had. And, and that's something you can do. You don't have to do it by yourself, and you don't have to do it, you know, without a glass of wine. But, I mean, it's one mm-hmm. of the, my favorite things to do. And it's, it's amazing the amount of conversations and, and the amount of people who also want to talk to you but don't know how to start the conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find That's that? true. I mean, just that, oh, just that God, people want we're... to talk, but now we're – oh, go ahead, hon. No, we're so bad at, at talking in real life. People are stuck on text and email and, and don't forget how to use the phone and how to talk in person. It's just we, we're in a crazy, crazy world right now. Absolutely. And, you know, and I can even say number three is get off your phone in public. Please, for, fuck it, for God's sake, please get off <laughs> the phone. Because when we are constantly looking down at our screen, how is anybody ever going to talk to us? You know, yep. when, we are, when we are so connected to this world online that's supposedly so important, how are we looking around, you know? People always want to know, Sandy, I bet the number one question you get is, where do I meet other singles? Mm-hmm. And the answer is everywhere, and you're not talking to them. Yep. You know, if, if we throw a smile on and start saying hello to a majority of people we, we see, you'll be surprised at how many people talk back. You'll be surprised how many times you stand in line for that coffee at the coffee shop, and if you, like, start talking to the person next to you, I mean, people want to connect. We need to connect. Mm-hmm. But, we, but, we, but right now it's, it's so scary because it's just so much easier online, right, to, like, be on Facebook 
or create fake connections on social media, we have to start getting in front of each other again. And the more that we can, the more we can get in public and just say, I'm going to put my phone away while I'm walking down the street, while I'm sitting in this coffee shop, whether while I'm, when I'm at a restaurant with my friends, wherever we're at, if we can put our phone away and just start connecting, I think we'd be surprised at how many things open up for us because it's really become a bad habit that's actually very much hurting us. I so agree with you. I think that it's an epidemic. And if you look around when you're out, you see groups of people on their phones, like they're not talking to each other. So you said a lot of really important things, and I think you know what, what I learned from Rachel Greenwald, who wrote the book Have a Met Hello, was also about how to, how to ask for setups in a similar way as what you talk about in your, your first tip about growing your friendship circles and talking to people you know. She talks about finding connectors, finding the people who know the most people, because what happens is, especially as you get older, People often say to you, I wish I had someone to set you up with. You're fabulous. I don't know anybody. And so what she suggests is that you sit down with a connector and you help brainstorm with them about the people that they know. And, you know, they would know people who know people who know people. And that's that's a great way to meet more people. Um, we often go to parties and we think we're only going to meet the people at that party. And, and wow, what a dud. It's just, you know, there's nobody here that I would ever date. Um, you might make a new friend. And I had a client who met a guy at a, at a meetup, a hiking meetup. And she met a woman, I'm sorry. She met, became really close friends with a woman. And that woman invited her over for Thanksgiving and the guy sat next to her who became her husband. And so Absolutely. she didn't meet that guy at the meetup. She met him through this new friend. That's that's the beauty of doing exactly what you're talking about. And that happens so really, all over the world all the time. Yes, and people don't realize that, you know, stop being so insular, get out, even if it's uncomfortable, because I'm an introvert. I, I did not make eye contact with people for most of my life. I didn't look at people in the eye. I mean, so many of us do that. We don't we don't even look up. Even before cell phones, we weren't looking up. I was living in New York City, walking through the streets without making eye contact with anybody. So, you know, just by looking, smiling, saying hello, it's just such an opening. Um, well, this is fantastic, Kira, and I really appreciate your fun approach to dating. I think we need to mix it up and um, and learn new ways to, to get back to basics and really get out of our comfort zone and find love offline. Um, So thank you, and tell everybody how they can reach you. You can find me uh, everywhere on the web, but the easiest place to find me is uh, leagueofadventurousingles.com. And I do lots of fun things there with um, a membership group um, actually called The League and a great course called The Owner's Manual. So lots of great stuff going on. Um, and I also have my own podcast, and uh, I think my blog is pretty stellar. So awesome. please check it out. Okay. Well, thank you, thank you. Enjoy your coffee and your cheese, and <laughs> keep getting people offline and helping them find love. Um, and thank Thanks you, so everybody, much, for listening today. Thanks, Kira, and thank you for listening, and I hope you all go on your last first date really soon. Bye. Bye.